Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful, sunny Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Check out all the interviews and all the different stuff we got going on over at 1250amthefan.com, including your chance to win Luke Combs tickets. Luke Combs opening up his uh, country concert tour next year in April uh, at American Family Field with back-to-back dates. Uh, and you have a chance to win those tickets uh, by going to 1250amthefan.com. Click on Contest. And you can uh, have your chance to win those tickets. So do that today if you are a country music fan and like Luke Combs. Ryan Horvath is here. If you like gambling, he's your guy, especially college football. You want to check him out on Saturday mornings uh, throughout the college football season on 1250 AM, The Fan and the BetQL Radio Network. Check him out weeknights. Him, Trister Crick, and uh, Nick Ashu uh, as part of BetMGM tonight. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. And uh, let's start off first before we get into preseason and some of the interesting quotes from Brian Gutenkunst and some of the uh, coaches from the Packers uh, earlier today here on Friday. Let's start off with Packers-Patriots joint practice number two. It was the worst practice that we have seen from Jordan Love um, to this point for certain. Uh, and some of the stuff that we that I saw coming through on Twitter and reading the articles this morning from what happened yesterday – is quite rookie-like, I guess, to a certain degree, um, not setting feet, um, and then, you know, throwing an errant ball, uh, missing wide-open guys, uh, and having different stuff like that going on, including, you know, throwing an interception. Probably could have had maybe one or two other ones, the balls that were batted down uh, to receivers. Uh, then he, when he would throw a nice pass, guys were dropping balls uh, on him. Musgrave has had his share of drops. Uh, and, and while we all love Musgrave and drut sweeps and all this other stuff that they're doing with him and how fast he is, his hands have got to be more consistent when the regular season come. And the same with Christian Watson, who also has had a number of drops uh, throughout training camp. Uh, and it, it was definitely uh, a different vibe, uh, I guess, uh, from the Packer offense this time. They struggled to run the ball. They struggled to throw the ball. Uh, it was the first time they've really struggled, I think, all through training camp, Ryan. Yeah, believe it or not, man, I'm going to give him a pass, actually, and none of this really bothers me. I'm not going to overreact to drops in preseason from Christian Watson because, okay, yeah, really bad drop, especially week one. Should have been six for my guy Aaron Rodgers. That sets the tone for the season. Everything's a disaster after that, to be honest with you. Yep. But the second half of the season, what was it, the last eight weeks of the season, he didn't have a drop the rest of the way. So, you know, he's maybe just a gamer. I really like Musgrave. I mean, especially for a tight end. He could fly. I don't know if I really want to see jet sweeps with the tight ends. Like, let's not get that cute. We got our gadget guy now. Guys like Jaden Reed. Maybe Torre could be that guy. It doesn't have to be the tight end. But I'm not going to overreact to drops just because of what I talked about in the last podcast. We did this with Jamar Chase. Remember, people are like, oh, Jamar Chase is going to be a bust. He was talking about all oh, the NFL football is a little bit bigger than the college football. People thought that that was going to be a huge deal. And then uh, he's like a top five receiver in the league as a rookie playing in a Super Bowl. So I don't worry. I just think some of these guys, I mean, let's be honest, man. It's August 18th. I think a lot of these guys are just ready to get to the season. They're ready to get to week one. They don't want to scrimmage against the New England Patriots. Um, You know, that's why things are getting chippy and there's arguing and fighting going on. Obviously, you would like them to have a perfect practice every single time. Um, But I want to see what they do in the game. I'll overreact or react, I guess, to what we see in the game. Oh, the other uh, thing was day Jordan Love looked pretty good. If you look at the overall numbers, pretty decent against a Bill Belichick defense. So not going to overreact to a bad day. Obviously, would have preferred it to be a little bit better, but 
you know, it's only a joint practice. The other thing, Jair just don't shut up, uh, no, no matter what. And he was getting beat uh, in the practice, and he's still running his mouth out there. And you saw the one video. I forgot who the receiver was for New England. Was it Devontae Parker? I don't know. Uh, stopped, and, 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 and Jair Alexander stopped with him, and then he took off, and Jair Alexander was like, oh, man, I screwed that one up. And it was a, it was a touchdown for, for Devontae Parker going back the other way. Uh, I see one guy that covers New England uh, talking about this is the best practice he's seen the Patriots run all year offensively. He said, by far, it's the best offensive practice they've had all year. The Packers defense was getting home from time to time on Mac Jones. And that really was the one thing that stood out, I think, in both practices was how much pressure they were still able to get up front uh, with that front seven. And that is going to be a huge difference maker for this defense, Ryan. If this re- if this redone defensive line that they're shuttling in between draft picks and guys in different spots can consistently get pressure on the other quarterback, it takes so much pressure off of everybody else behind them, namely the safeties that everybody is scared to death of. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You know, I, I like the corners, and you love Jair, um, even when he's getting beat and running his mouth. But that's what I'm excited for this season is seeing Kenny Clark, who's coming off his worst season as a pro, yep. playing a new position. He's got to have a bounce-back season. I want to see TJ Slayton. He really needs to have that. He, need, he needs to make that next step this season. Devontae Wyatt, I was hearing that like the struggles for Devontae Wyatt his rookie year is just because he was so used to the weather playing in the South, obviously, being an SEC kid. He didn't really like playing in the Midwest those first couple weeks. But I think he has a bounce-back season if he could stay on the field. Preston Smith also had a down year compared to what he did the year before. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Devondre Campbell, he had his, I mean, especially, I mean, the season that he had, I didn't think that that was sustainable, but he is also hurt for four games. I think Quay's going to make that next leap. Um, I think the one guy, you know, Lucas Van Ness, I don't know what you think. I don't know that he's going to be a player this year. I think like Rashawn Gary, I think it's going to be very limited. You know, we might see him here and there, but I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Van Ness. I'd be shocked if he had more than four, four and a half sacks this season. But that's what I want to see. You have to get pressure on the quarterback. You know, that's how teams win in this league. Look at the Buffalo Bills, for example. Last season, first half of the year, they looked like the best team in the National Football League because they had Von Miller and he had eight and a half sacks. Then they lost him the rest of the way. They couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. And what happened against Cincinnati in that playoff game? Joe Burrow sat in the pocket picked them apart all game long. It doesn't matter how good your secondary is. Eric Stokes and Jair could be all pros, but if, you know, uh, Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff have four or five seconds in the pocket to scan the field, they're going to torch any secondary. Pass rush has to be better. This has always been Green Bay's problem, right, though? Like, other than a couple good years of Clay Matthews and the year where Nick Perry had 13 and a half sacks, got to get after the quarterback. That's the most important thing, and that's what we need to see. But in this league now, today, it's no longer statues. These guys all can run. So, yes, you have to get after quarterbacks, but you also have to contain to a certain degree so Justin Fields doesn't run upfield 50 yards and everybody loses track of where the quarterback is. You're going to see that right away in week one. You automatically have to be ready to deal with that guy that can get out and run. Oh, boy, here I come. I got you. I got you. And there he goes. And he's off to the races. And the Packers defense is like, what the hell? I was right there, and he just ran away from me, and nobody caught him. You know, really quick on the Packers defense, I get more frustrated that they can't cover a simple crossing route and any tight end in the league looks great. Looks like an all-pro Travis Kelsey against the Packers. It could be Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, but like last year, the one thing, I don't really mind if they're, I mean, they're not going to be a top 10 run defense. 
They're just not. That's not how they're built. Gudikins didn't build this team to be a big, you know, top five against the run because let's be honest, Sparky, that's not the way that the league's built anymore. Sure. The problem with the Packers' defense last year, other than injuries, you know, losing your best pass rusher never helps, and Eric Stokes, that doesn't help, and having, you know, piss-poor safety play all season long doesn't help either. But their biggest problem was that was a defense that was built to play with the lead because that was a defense that was built to play with MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, best receiver in the league, MVS, guy that could take the top off the defense, top five offensive line, and the offense let him down last year. It was three and out after three and out. The defense was on the field way too much. That's a defense with that secondary, Jair and Stokes and what we thought, you know, like Amos and Savage were going to be solid safeties. That's a defense that's, you know, built to be playing with a two-score lead. Then you got to throw on them. Then those pass rushers like Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, uh, you know, that's where they excel. But the problem was the Packers never had a lead last year. Right. So that's why this year, like, I want to see the LaFleur offense. I want to see two tight end sets. I want to see a lot of motion again. And I want to see Aaron Jones touch the ball 15, 20 times per game. Man, I want to see know, AJ Brian. Dillon touch the ball 10, 15 times per game. Use a third running back if you want, Spark, because I think you have to be a clock management. I hate the term game manager. But I think that's where Baker – I'm sorry. That's where Jordan Love would be his best because look at the year that Cleveland won double-digit games, won a playoff game, Stefanski's first year. It's because they had a great rushing attack with Nick Chubb and Kareem yeah. Hunt. And Baker Mayfield looked like an all-pro quarterback because he completed 70% of his passes off play action. That's what Green Bay could be, especially now with these tight ends, with these stud-wide receivers, and with two really good running backs – like, run the ball, open things up for play action, make things real simple for Jordan Love year one. I will you know, say that's how he builds his confidence. This could be a good team. I'm being I, positive today. I, I will say, Ryan, that I have thought like you this whole time, but I'm changing my tune on what this offense is going to look like. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I don't think he's going to play under center a majority of the time. I don't. If you watch what we've been watching, whether it be in these training camp practices or whether it be in preseason, we'll see what it looks like on Saturday night. Dude, he's running out of shotgun a lot. They're spreading out guys a lot, right? I, I, This may very much look a lot more like the Aaron Rodgers offense of last year, more than everybody thinking that this is going to be a completely different offense this year and they're going to be really conservative with Jordan Love and they're going to run, 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 run. Adam Schefter said something the other day on ESPN, the same thing that, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be a, a run heavy uh, offense and da, 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 da. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm sold that that's going to be the case because everything we've seen to this point, I mean, think just Saturday night when when we watch this Packers game, count how many times you see him under center with two tight ends on the field. I mean, he just there's just not a lot of that. Now they have a fullback now. Now Pearson, I, I don't know if he makes a roster or not. Now if he makes a roster, okay, that make me feel better about running the football more because it would be really nice to have a fullback. Shanahan has a fullback or two in San Francisco that he's he's been using obviously forever. Again, he's the best fullback in football in San Francisco. But either way, he's got a fullback. It would be nice if they had a blocking fullback for Dylan. And down at the goal line, two big dudes come running through and busting crap up. I'd love to see that if that's what that's going to be. Or a lead blocker for Aaron Jones. That's not A.J. Dillon. I, like, there's so many possibilities. Plus the tight ends. They can definitely be a damn good running team if they want to be. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to be. Rich Bisaccia, and we'll get into this a little bit later, was irritated by the second practice because special teams got like no run because of all these damn fights. They had seven fights in that thing. Two guys got kicked off the practice field, one from New England and one from Green Bay. And 
to me personally, I, I, if I were a team, I would never do a second practice. There's just no way. Bears and Colts just ran two practices, same days as what Green Bay and New England did, right? First practice went fine. Last night, all kinds of problems again. Not seven fights, but there were skirmishes all over the place again last night throughout, and it was clean the first day. For me, going forward, one's enough. Like, I'd rather have a joint practice every week leading up to a preseason game because now they're done. They don't join practice with Seattle next week, and then it's a two, then it's two weeks off. I'd rather have one joint practice before every preseason game and be done with it versus having two one week and one the previous week because these second joint practices and the Jets cancel theirs. Yeah. They always end up going the wrong way. Yeah, I agree. It should just be one and done, right? One and then you get to your game. And I get why some head coaches and some players don't like these joint practices. I do get why some do. But, yeah, because when it starts getting chippy, and that's the other thing, man, we're already seeing way too many injuries yep. during you know OTAs, training camp, and right now way too many. And you don't want to see somebody get injured you know, in a stupid fight over nothing because that's the thing, man. Like, it's August 18th. These guys are just ready to get into the season. Yeah. Hot out there. They're ready to hit. I mean, yeah. Now, again, the difference between practice one and practice two, to me, was simple, and I tweeted it out. Go back to Hard Knocks episode one of the Jets. They go out there. They do their their, their practice. They get lit up. And Salah is fuming mad about how bad they look. Just fuming. Like, we were embarrassed. This is crap. We are not going to play like this. And goes crazy. And they came back hair on fire. That is exactly, I promise you, what happened. That day one practice got done, and Belichick and his coaches were livid by how bad they – I mean, the Packers owned them. Both sides of the ball wasn't even up for yeah. debate. The Packers owned Wednesday. And now you come back to Thursday, they come out going, oh, okay, we'll just go do another practice. Hee, 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 here we go. Let's go have some fun. And next thing you know, these dudes are acting like it's a damn Super Bowl and hair on fire just leveling dudes. Uh, Kraft got leveled. Tucker Kraft got leveled. He was on the ground. They had to pick him up. They walk him off the field. He's like, okay, I'm good. They put him back in. Wham! Gets hit again. Down he goes again. They were serious. And the Packers, for the first time, and again, like you said, it's only practice, don't react. Where were our leaders? Where were our leaders? Where were our guys on the sidelines going, to hell with this. We are not doing this all damn day. Like, we're going to fight back. Now get serious. They want to play like it's a regular season game? Then we're going to play like it's a regular season game. Somebody get go, And you just never had it. And you you read the tweets, and everybody that's covering it is going, there's a striking difference right now. You look at the Patriots sidelines, they're popping, screaming, yelling, going crazy. And the Packers sidelines look like they got punched in the face. It was a huge difference. Some of that is youth, but to me, a lot of that is where were my leaders to, to get these guys up and tell them, hey, young buck, they ain't playing. So we can go out there and get our butts kicked all practice, or we can man up and go out there and play for real. But something's got to change, and it just never changed, and they got hey, manhandled. Before I say what I'm going to say here, I want to say that I do like Matt LaFleur, but I think that that's, yes. think that's a reflection of your head coach. Yes. Right? You see the reflection of Robert Sala in there. And you see, like, dude, LaFleur teams, they get punched in the face and they don't get back up. I hate to say that, but it's the truth, right? Every playoff loss, the Niners, punched in the face. Tampa Bay, punched in the face. Defensive line, dominating you know, all day long. Granted, no David Bakhtiari. Uh, other San Francisco loss. I mean, like, and then he goes to the podium and he looks like he's about to cry. Oh, I got to get Aaron Jones more touches. I got to do this. I got to do that. Don't talk about it. Be about it, man. And Right. That's what I worry about. And the other thing is, 
Like, if you don't want to put this all on the floor, you could put it on. I mean, this is a young team. What did you expect? These guys are young. And, I, and I'll tell you something. David Bakhtiari should be the leader. I think he'd rather be in New York. Fine. Right? Fine. But on defense, on defense, you got a lunatic in the middle that shoved how many guys last year? Where was he? Where was Quay Walker and his guy, Devontae Wyatt, going, hey, man, we play Georgia. This this crap don't happen on our watch. This is not happening on our watch. Let's go. Let's do something. But you just It just didn't happen. I I, I don't know. But you're right. Offense, yes, they're young. I agree. And Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins are probably the guys. Jenkins got in a couple of scraps uh, back with the joint practices with the Bengals. So we know he's more than capable of doing that. And and again, so, hold on, hold on. Wait, that's the thing, though. Jenkins is probably like, screw this, because then he had to play more in that preseason game. Yeah, that was true. his punishment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like, I'm done here. You guys know I can go. You see me choke Aaron Donald out a couple of years ago? That's your baddest man in the NFL? And then, you know what I mean? So, like, he doesn't have yeah. to do anything else. Bakhtiari, I, don't, I think, wants to be elsewhere. And then on the defensive side of the ball, like, Jair talks a lot, but is Jair a leader? I don't think so. And that's not a knock on Jair. Everybody's not a leader. Like, I mean, like, you know, everybody plays football. Like, everybody in that locker room can't be a leader. You know? Correct. A lot of guys don't want to get up there and make the speech. They just want to go out there and do their job. Right. And that's cool. But with this, but Jair puts the target on the team. And I'm telling you right now, dude, if I'm Jordan Love, I'm like, shut up. Just shut up. Here's what I always try to talk about to like Gary and and nobody ever got this. You could say Aaron Rodgers isn't a leader. I disagree. I think he is a leader. And you know what's his best quality, like of his leadership, is he demands perfection. And yeah, like I don't think that he, if he's there, I don't think like him, Devontae, that team, they're not putting up with that. Remember Devontae and Jalen Ramsey going at it, man? Like those were some fight. I mean, they were still soft though because they'd get punched in the mouth and losing the playoffs too. But what I'm saying is like, you know, I I think they're going to lack that leadership, you know, because I mean, Rodgers, yeah, he was a little bit of a dick, but it's because he's a Hall of Famer and he demands, it's like Tom Brady, man. They demand perfection. Jordan Love is a young quarterback. So, uh, I worry about it. And it's a, that's the youngest wide receiver. That's the yes. youngest room in the league. I mean, from a so, skill position standpoint, there's no well, question. I think you expect a lot of growing pains, and I don't know that there's any leadership on this team. I think it's got to be like Rashawn Gary when he comes back, right? And Kenny Clark is making well, a Rashawn lot of Gary money. was out there. He was on the sidelines. What was, was he talking to them, trying to get them fired up? Well, wasn't there. Well, I Kenny know. Clark? I, again, to me, as we stated, I, no more day two joint practices. I'm done with that. But in instances where you're getting your butt kicked, somebody do something it, other than Jair just running his mouth, asking for him to get kicked even farther. That That's just nuts. All right. Uh, Brian Gutekunst, other coaches talked uh, on Fridays. We're recording this uh, earlier in the day. Brian Gutekunst came out and just flat out said, we're not trading Bakhtiari. Like, let's, let's be done with that. Let's just address it now. I'm not trading him. And then they talked, uh, he got into talking about, you know, his practice schedule so far this summer, what it looked like in the regular season. Uh, he said, you know, last year, Bakhtiari didn't participate in any joint practices. And he was out there yesterday in that joint practice. So that gives you a good idea of how much farther along he was than at this point last year, which obviously is a good thing. Do you like him coming out and just flat out saying, I'm not trading him? Like, is everybody that wants to keep talking about this, we're not yeah. trading Bakhtiari and let's move on. Yeah, I do. Because, like, I think some of us as fans and I think probably some of the veterans in that locker room, you know, a guy like Aaron Jones – Granted, he's getting paid, did take a pay cut, but he's getting paid a lot of money for a running back, especially in today's league. Like, 
they don't want to go out there and win four or five games. They want to win, right? They want a chance at a Super Bowl before their career is over. So I think him coming out and saying we're not trading David Bakhtiari says, hey, like we're going all in this season, right? Jordan Love's our guy. We drafted this kid in the first round. He's not this fifth, sixth round pick. We drafted him in the first round to replace Aaron Rodgers. These are my dudes on defense. These are all my first round picks. We're going for it this year. The NFC North, nobody's running away with the NFC this season. I don't even think San Francisco is going to be as good as everybody predicts, man. Brock Purdy's thrown like 12 picks in the last yep. two days. So I think I, uh, I mean, I think that's him coming out and saying, right, like we're trying to win this year. We're not just going to give the Jets one of one healthy, the best tackles in the league. And I like that. Now, he was asked about Anders Carlson. Passaccia was asked about our guy Carlson. Yeah, this is my biggest takeaway today. Both of them. Well, he's young. Got to have patience. Got to let him work through it. Basaccia is up there talking about Gramatica and all these other kickers that he's coached along the way that have their ups and downs. Gutekunst is up there talking about Mason Crosby having bad years and having patience and going with them and so forth. But as was brought up later, and I don't remember who brought it up. Maybe it was Jason Wildy. I don't know. Somebody brought up the fact of you want to have patience with these younger guys but you also want to win as many games. So there, there's some type of tug of war there kind of there between the two. And as Goody pretty much said, without you know direct quoting him, pretty much just said, we're going to get these guys experience, right? So that's how this is going to be. And we may lose games because of the lack of experience, but they're going to go through their growing pains. And he said, if we're trying to win a championship in Green Bay, that's what we're trying to do. And sometimes you got to go through growing pains to get to where you want to be kind of going forward with this organization that applies that to me, like I said before applies to that kicker. Like he was going to be the kicker, no matter what, if he sucks, he sucks, but they're going to ride with him all year long. Just like if guys are dropping footballs on a wide receiver or dropping footballs at tight end, they're not panicking. They're going to continue to play those guys. No matter what, this is going to be who's playing these young guys. And Regardless, that's what they're going to do. Nobody asked the question, at least unless I missed it, of why didn't they bring competition in for him when they did everybody else? He also said, Goody, that the punting job is still open. Long snap job still open. It's going to come down in the next two weeks because that Wheeling kid was kicking really well. That Aussie kicker uh, has, has had a nice, pre- uh, nice training camp so far. So we'll see how that one plays out. But to those of you like me who would like to see a veteran in here, Crosby would be fine. Um, it doesn't look like that's happening. It looks like Carlson's the guy all year, regardless of how bad he looks. I'm pissed about this whole situation, to be honest. And you see right there under my tag, Ryan Horvath, hashtag bring back Mason. Here's the thing, right? Uh, I hear everybody say Mason Crosby's old. He's 38. He's literally a year older than me. Yeah, but I he's got a full head of gray hair, which makes him look even a, older. I just ran a six and a half mile. I feel great. Uh, but last year, Mason Crosby, riddle me this, right? Did he not make 86% of his tries last year? Was he not six of seven between 40 and 49 yards with a long of 56? He also converted 37 of 39 extra points. Like, sure, he's not going to hit a 52-53 yarder for you most likely, but he was reliable. And I'm going to be so pissed off if my guy, Jordan Love, my quarterback, Jordan Love, in a 20-all game against Minnesota, Leads that offense down the field. Here comes the potential game-winning field goal. Wide right from Jabroni Carlson. It could happen against the Bears in week one. 
I'm going to be so pissed. Jordan Love deserves better. You know who else deserved better? Aaron Rodgers. Not with the wide receiver room, with the special teams play and the defense around yeah. him. So if Jordan Love's going to succeed in this league, like, come on now. We, we can't have – I don't know. I hate hearing this, oh, this guy's had up and downs, up and downs. Do you remember, like, Justin Tucker ever having ups and downs? Mason Crosby up and downs. He had one, one down season. We all wanted to off him. I and then he bounced back. I don't know. Not that, like, you know, Mason Crosby's in the – we were talking about leadership. I mean, at least he's a veteran. Remember that one year where, like, Mason kept trying to get himself killed because on kickoffs he would run down there and he just kept getting knocked out? And it was right. like, God, you got to knock this off. But, no, I mean, I wanted Mason back. I, I get why he's not back because he's expensive for a kicker. He's old. And, you know, his leg strength, the boot's just not there anymore. But at least he's reliable, like I said, from 40 to 49. And I don't want to see – I mean, like the other day in practice, that was my biggest takeaway all week, though, man. Jordan Love, beautiful drive. Here's the game-winning field goal. Miss. I misses. I'm not putting up with that. I'm not putting up you with that. You missed two point afters in the exhibition game. Last summer, I had to put up with the Packers trading away my favorite wide receiver in league history. This summer, I had to deal with them trading away my <laughs> favorite player in NFL history. <laughs> I refuse to deal with a freaking kicker that well, can't do his job. I already hate year, kickers. If you played football, you hate kickers. If you watch football, you hate kickers. If a kicker is the reason I don't go over seven and a half wins and make one game, <laughs> I'm going to be very angry. Yeah. Okay. It's been a bad off season for me. I'm starting to come around on this team. Jordan yeah. Love is my quarterback. Yep. Andrews Carlson is not my kicker. And Sean Clifford is not my backup. Right. Uh, Joe Barry, he talked. Yeah. They asked him about Rajul Douglas and safety. He said, never seen Rajul Douglas play safety. I swear to God, that dude played safety for a day last summer, and I don't remember the exact, exact yeah. why, but Joe Barry said he's never seen it. Okay, fine. So let's say Joe Barry just forgot. Okay, let's do that. He, he just, he's not hearing it. He said, yeah, he's got the body to play safety, but he's my starting cornerback. Like, this isn't up for debate. He's starting at corner. That's where he's playing. So he doesn't sound like he has any interest in moving Rajul Douglas to safety. Matt LaFleur was not giving the same type of answer as Joe Barry. Matt LaFleur is like, hey, we got to look at all of our options, put the best players on the field, and we'll go from there. And Joe Barry pretty much shot it down and said, no, I don't, I don't care. He's playing. He's, he's at quarter, and that's that. He did say, you'll be happy to know, that you know that second safety spot is still wide open, and they're trying to figure out who they want to play at that second safety spot. So it sounds like Savage is starting at safety. That That is case closed. Now it's just a matter of Owens and Ford and these dudes of who's going to be the other safety next to well, I mean, Ford Ford graded out as their fourth best defensive player last year. Yeah, not in the secondary, like overall. So I think you have to get him on the field, right? As a corner, I want to see Valentine on the field. Uh, you know, unless he just gets absolutely torched tomorrow night, and right. still, I probably want to see him on the field. And it's going to take Stokes some time to be Stokes again. I do think that he'll bounce back and be the player that he was. Jair is going to be fine, but man, like. I don't know that I could do it again with Savage. I just don't know. And I love the Savage pick. I'll admit, I like the Darnell Savage pick. I loved him as a rookie. These last two years have been bad. And here's the thing, man. Like, they have tried everything with him. So what changes this year? You know what I mean? Like, they moved him inside. He played safety. He was a slot corner. He literally, they, they tried him everywhere in the secondary. Like, what's next? Is he going to be rushing the passer? And the only other thing that could ruin my day, because I'm starting to be optimistic about this team, is just the name Joe Barry. Has anybody else – I mean, look at all the talent that he's had the last couple of years. Has anybody else 
other than like Brandon Staley underperformed with so much freaking talent though. I mean, I just, I hear I, you. Here, here's what I don't want to, I don't want to like do this thing where you have to have Savage out there because his natural position is a safety. If Russell Douglas is willing to, you know, try to play safety, you got to get your best players on the field. That, that's my only thing. You got to get your best players on the field because uh, this defense has the potential to be top 10, maybe even top five. But if we continue to run, you know, below expectation players out there like Darnell Savage, it's not going to get any better. And the safety play has been so awesome. I guess the one good thing is he has to have a short leash, right? Like we don't get four weeks of Darnell Savage getting absolutely torched. And when does LaFleur put his foot down, dude? That's you know, who's going to stop it. That's you got to show some it. stones yeah. this season. If Joe Barry, I swear to God, I don't care what Jordan Love does the first three weeks of the season, but if I watch week one against Chicago and I see Jair and Stokes or Valentine or Rasul or whoever's the other corner, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, Oh, I'm gonna go. Nuts. That came up. They asked Joe Barry about defense. against the Bears, who now have Mooney, right. who could take like that's all they could do is just throw those short little hitches. Go Correct. on, sorry. They brought it up to Joe Barry. They're like, "Hey, man, your corners are acting like they're gonna get to play man on man." Jair's talking about he's gonna get he's gonna travel with the ones more this year. And I think this was Wildy again. He's like, "I don't want to give any secrets away to the Bears, but like, is this gonna be a different defense that we're gonna be seeing from a fan perspective versus what we saw last year for a majority of the year as far as how you play?" Joe Barry pretty much said, well, you know, it's going to be week to week, you know, depending on the quarterback you're playing and depending on the wide receivers and so forth, you know, you have to adapt week to week to whatever you're playing. That's what he said. So he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He just said, well, you know, we'll take it week to week. Obviously, Jair wants to play against the best player, the best wide receiver. And we understand that. And he craves that and all that stuff. But yeah, we're going to go week to week. Now, this is the other thing that Joe Barry said. Uh, new little feature here on StreamYard because I finally figured something out. For those of you on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page watching this, got a nice little graphic now that I can put up uh, with quotes. Uh, they, he was asked about, uh, defensive coordinator Joel Berry was asked about being in the coaching box upstairs last week for the Bengals about what he thought of it. His answer was, quote, it was great. It's much calmer up there. You can lay all your stuff out, accomplish much more uh, between series. I have feelings about this. I don't know of a lot of dudes that like it more than being on the sidelines. I, in my time as a Packer fan, I feel like every time somebody goes upstairs within a year or two, they end up back on the sidelines again because you're not having that one-on-one interaction with the players of what they're seeing on the field and what's going on with them. You're not having that because you're upstairs. You're disconnected from the sideline. I am fine, I guess, if he's going up there. I just don't know how long it's going to last if you're not having that communication in-game with the players on the sidelines, and that's what I always see happening with these defensive coordinators that end up coming back to the sidelines when their defense is struggling. Whatever it takes for this guy just to do his job the right way, right? Like, stick him up on Mars yep. for all I care. You know what I mean? But I get it. Like, if that's where he wants to be, I think that might yep. be a positive, right? I mean, maybe – Whatever it takes, though, you know, but I agree. I mean, I won't be shocked if he's back down on the field. I I like him better in the box, though. I think that that's where he needs to be. All right, here we go. Last one. Confident, concerned, and curious for the Packers-Patriots preseason game coming up on Saturday night. Now, Goody, unlike Matt LaFleur, who said before practice yesterday, we'll see how practice goes, and that'll depend if Jordan Love and the offense and these guys play. Goody, no. Goody said, they're playing. I need to see everybody play. Jordan Love and these receivers and tight ends is need as many reps as they can get. So they're playing. Now, how much they're going to play, we'll see. How much they're going to play against Seattle, don't know, but I want them all playing. He said, you know, 
you cringe because you don't want anybody getting hurt in these situations of running these guys out there in preseason. But with this team, these young guys need reps. So they got to play. So having said that and knowing that Belichick and that Patriots defense is going to have something up their sleeves, I'm sure. I'm going to say I'm confident that Jordan Love is going to throw at least one touchdown pass in this game. Oh. I'm concerned that Jordan Love is going to throw at least one interception in this game on Saturday night. Oh. And I'm curious to see if Sean Clifford can get through a game without throwing another interception uh, or two because he threw two picks in the last game. And I just want to see, because the Sean Clifford thing, every person I've talked to since that game last week goes, hey, what about that Sean Clifford, man? Woo-wee. Everybody. My kid's babysitter today. I want to talk to her. She goes, what did you think about Clifford? He, he was up. really good. Shut up. Don't do this to me. S- swear to God. Dude, all week. That's all I've heard no, from kind of day I'm having. <laughs> I've heard. It's Clifford, 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 Clifford. I was like, don't get your hopes up. Please don't get your hopes up. But either way. So that's where we're at. What do you got? All right. I'm confident that the Packers win this game by at least three points. Five hundred dollars says so. Oh, uh, I'm concerned that they God. don't because then I'm out. Preseason games? Oh my! Oh God. yeah, I bet them right away, dude. They took a lot of pro money. They're all the way up to three point favorites. This opened as like a pick. They were one and a half point favorites. I think they win this game because I'm also confident that Jordan Love is going to ball out. I'm concerned that Sean Clifford balls out against a bunch of future garbage men, fourth stringers. <laughs> I have to hear on social media that Sean yeah. Clifford is the truth and he's better than Jordan Love. Yep. Curious, what is Lucas Van Ness this season? You know, just like I did like him at Iowa. I didn't make a big deal that he doesn't start. They don't start young players there. And you know, I he was not he just he looked like a jag to me. He just looked like another guy out there. I want to see I want to see better pass rush snaps. I at least want to see a hurry or a pressure from Lucas Van Ness. So I'm curious to see what he does when he gets on the field. Because I'm only half joking when I say we did trade Aaron Rodgers for Lucas Van Ness when you think about it. I'm just kidding. Unbelievable. He is Ryan Horvath. Follow on Twitter, Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight. You follow me at Sparky Radio. All the great interviews and stuff I do over there at 1250amthefan.com. Don't forget your chance to win Luke Combs to tickets to see him next April uh, at American Family Field. Back-to-back tour dates to start off his tour uh, next summer or next yeah next summer but technically it's starting in april uh and of course download this on your odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite uh podcast ad. and of course check us out on the odyssey sports youtube p- channel as well enjoy the rest of your day enjoy the weekend go pack go and we'll record again on monday have a good one everybody toodles